This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. You know, the proverb, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing, expresses the idea that a small amount of knowledge can mislead people into thinking that they are more expert than they really are, which can lead to mistakes being made. Now, when it comes to repairing EV and hybrids, the era of being a parts changer, I'm told, is non-existent. From the Aftermarket Radio Network, hello, Carm Capriato here. Now, we recorded live at Dorman with G. Trulia and Pete Meyer, two out of four trainers there for a weekend of hands-on training. Listen to their perspectives on EV and hybrid repair and training and why critical thinking is more important than ever. Thanks to our partners, Apex and Shopware, for bringing you this episode. Hey, when it comes to technical and management training, nothing beats the caliber of classes and expert trainers Apex puts together for Repair Shop HQ. That's because a panel of shop owners selects the best training that will drive your business forward. I'll be there. Hope to see you. Still not too late. AAPEXshow.com forward slash training and learn more. And just don't imagine how much more profit you can make on every part. Tap into the parts GP optimizer and watch your profits grow. Better yet, its algorithm does the work so your brain doesn't have to. Important and necessary to reach unrivaled success. Talk to my great friends at GetShopware.com. Hey, honored to have G. Trulia from TSD and Pete Meyer. Hey. Uh, Motor Age Endeavor. Uh, are, are you the senior editor now? Did they somehow? No, it's kind of weird. It's like um, I looked it up the other day. I, I my technical description now is creative director, technical. Whoa, I love that. Right. I mean, so. I would love not to be called senior anymore, but call me creative because I earned it. <laughs> and direct. I'm gonna have to yeah. take orders from this guy somehow. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I know. That's right. Everybody, everybody wants to be a director. I, I get that. <laughs> we're at the Dorman headquarters and, and you guys, uh, we're here doing some pretty heavy duty training. I mean, not heavy duty as well. Swede, well, sort of heavy duty, right? Swedes, Swedes downstairs yeah, doing it. Uh, I was never a heavy duty guy, but to see how calipers work on disc brakes on the semi world, I was blown away on how you can slide those, the pads in and out. It was just fabulous. But anyway, we're going to talk about some other stuff. So, so gee, I get here halfway through your class yesterday. You were doing EV, uh, hybrids and EV, right? Correct. So I decided that I was going to go into the beginning of the book and just through pictures try to catch up while I was listening to you. I, I wish I was there to understand the safety, the security, the, the OSHA stuff, but it's critically important. But I was taking notes in your class. And not that I'm going to go out and, and, and fix You're going to borrow my stuff. Right? But, my, but my notes were about the tips and the tricks that you were, if you will, talking about or the knowledge that you gained by just doing this. Uh, there, there's an, an exclamation point in a, in a yellow sticker that says you must do this. If you're going to jump into this field and if you're not, you're behind the times. And if you are ready to, you can't jump into something today that has anything to do with high voltage. That is correct. And uh, Pete did his class first, the electric class, which if you don't understand electric, you're never going to be good at diagnosing hybrid and EV. It is the most important class is electric class. Yeah. We had a, a good online presence yesterday, mm -hmm. um, and we hit home all the stuff, and Pete and I have been working together over a decade. And we've done voltage drops that I think people are maybe finally starting to get, but they still need it. 
You know, they don't know what they don't know. And a voltage drop is basically using a meter has to be like our appendage, our hand. We need to know where to put it. We need to know what, what scale to put it on and what the readings mean. Yeah. Right. You need to speak the language. That's yeah. the key. Yep. You need to understand the language. So how far behind are people going to be if they don't start? Uh, first of all, number one, for their own business sake, jump into jump into this arena. And number two, if they don't stay current once they're in it. One of the statements that I made in my class yesterday, and I'm making in every presentation I, I do now, the technology of the vehicles today, the complexity of the vehicles today, these are uh, masterpieces of engineering, more so than the automakers have ever produced, ever. Uh, the technologies involved, the complexities involved. It's it's not like it used to be when Gene and I first started many moons ago, uh, when you could fix something close enough and be okay. Today, you either fixed it right or you fixed it wrong. There's no gray area in between. And a lot of the foundational stuff that, uh, that, that we go over because people don't know what they don't know or they learn wrong to, to begin with or, or whatever the case might be, a lot of myths that are still out there. In terms of the EV and hybrid market, well, we've been able to grow with the internal combustion engine for over 100 years. So, you know, something that we're all kind of comfortable with and we've seen and touched and been around, but EVs, that's brand new stuff. That's a whole new learning curve, you know, for uh, for any technician. Mechanics slash technicians always figured a way out. You know, when we saw points go by by an electronic condition or drum brakes go to disc brakes, everyone was going to be out of the business, right? Mechanics, and I like using that word sometimes more than technician, not to figure stuff out. The problem is here, there is some danger involved. And everyone thinks they can be a YouTube master mechanic. I'm not saying YouTube is bad. I have a YouTube channel. Motor Age has a YouTube channel. You have one as well. But you got to be real careful. You can't just go into this without having the right training. I gave an example. I believe you were in the class for that point where I showed ISTA, the BMW factory tool. Oh, yeah. And it stated right there, you need to be trained. And they're not the only company. All the European companies are basically having you check off on that multiple times. Yeah. You get hurt, you're done. Opus, the Opus IVS, great tool. Uh, I think every shop should really have one. Why? Because they have experienced techs that are on the other end of the line that work with that factory tool that you probably wouldn't know what buttons to push. Yeah. It's more of an exacting science with electrical than ever, because I think the systems, as you were relating, are smarter than ever, and they won't let you go forward unless there are certain parameters met? Correct. Information, all data, pro-demand, Identifix, Motologic, you need all of them. There's Because there's holes in everything. And sometimes I have to go to factory info. Without information, it's like being in the middle of the ocean without a raft. The shark's going to come get you and you're done. Information is key. Um, I love both old data and uh, Motologic for system description. So surface and description, when you go in there, and I, I made the statement in my class and probably even when I was speaking with Pete, if you don't know the system, it's new. You got to read up on it. You know, I don't try to teach a car when someone comes to my EV, uh, hybrid EV class. I try to teach the system. And I started the class yesterday. We start with one motor generator on a Honda IMA. They were the original hybrid, right? You're back to that right now. You're on a Tesla. It's a one motor generator unless you're all-wheel drive and you had another motor. If you understand how motors work, how batteries operate, 
how computer systems operate. And most important, like what Pete did yesterday, electrical. I tell everyone taking an L3, you better understand how a freaking relay works. And you better know wiring diagrams and understand, have a, a logical way of thinking about something. How is this thing going to work? What happens if I turn this or do that? You can't be Mr. Total Experimental or Mrs. Experimental on this car because you're dealing with expensive components and high voltage. And the true same on the on the conventional side as well. You know, it's not just about looking up the information. It's knowing when you have to look up the information. And what we're trying to stress now is that on today's vehicles, every vehicle you touch, you need to look up the information on. It doesn't matter if you worked on a Ford yesterday and you've got another Ford in your bay today. That doesn't mean that that model works the same way as the one you had yesterday. And then a lot of the things that are so that we've taken so for granted that have changed. Simple tests, changing a battery. That's not so simple anymore. There's certain procedures and processes that have to be followed or you find yourself in a world of hurt with systems that are not working properly and you're not prepared to deal with that. You know, Or, or the example I gave yesterday, a parts store down the street from us changes batteries. So they did it on this Jeep and the lady's odometer, never mind her window didn't work right, but her odometer, rather than having how many miles she had in there, it had error. Now, lucky I had the factory tool to reset that. But we've come across a couple, and the last one, when that customer was unlucky, and the factory tool could not reset it, we had to get a new instrument cluster. And guess who they went back to? I got paid, but they went back to the parts store with my bill. And they said, since you put the battery in our vehicle. So it's it's a different ball game now. You need to be precise. Just like Pete said before, you can't be close enough. You know, the old day, a lot of mechanics would go, I can't see it from where I live. They'd leave a stall washer out or, ah, it dwells a little off at a time. So that ain't going to matter much. I'll use one heat range hotter or colder plug. You can't do any of this now. And when we were speaking about relays, three relays used on a car, one with a plain relay, one with a resistor, or one with a diode, then they went to the resistor. And if you don't use the right one, Man, you're in for a heap of trouble. And you may burn something out, especially if it's using a spike in diode that is preventing something from going back one, a different way. Loads of problems. Like when we grew up, you got certain rules of thumb you could go go by and cover probably 90% of what was out there at the time and, and know that on, on, a, on a hand. Like the G said, you just, you just can't do that anymore. You can't. If you want to be a professional in this industry, then you have to... Continue your education. Uh, like G said, for years, we've, we've adapted to the changes in technology and we're still doing that. The problem is today the technology is flying at us faster than ever. So it's a much more of a challenge to keep up. You can't, you can't do that by going to the occasional class, uh, that the local parts house put on, feed you pizza after work. You know, you spend a couple of hours and then that's it. No, you, you have to make a commitment to continuing your education. Uh, attending live training webinars, reading the the, the various publications, uh, take advantage of all the resources that you have, you know, for yourself. You know, going to classes online, I think that puts a light on when I like did the state of Alaska. We always prepped people because it wasn't around the corner for me, and I would only do four months of the year. I went to summer, spring, and fall. Right? I think mechanics slash technicians learn the best by doing it. And I always use this little thing, looking at the magazine, that's pretty good. Hopefully uh, something's going on and doing it. You wish you can make those moves or actually doing it. That's how you get good at it, right? Practice makes perfect. So when I do my classes, 
you know, of course I use PowerPoints and some, you know, other uh, methods of getting information across besides lecture. But now to prove myself and to make sure they do it, we got to go out on the vehicle and actually do it. I'll show them that I go, you got to do it. Everybody has different learning modalities. There are those who can uh, read the instructions for a toaster and, and turn it into war and peace. Uh, you know what I mean? All right. Yeah. Uh, there are those who can take it hands on and, and need that in order for yeah. it to sink home. I accept your argument, but I also think that if you were in a class and you didn't put on the gloves and you didn't have someone basically coach you through the safety issues of what you're about ready to jump into and you just kind of read it and you saw it on a video, you may not respect it. I think the bigger challenge is getting, and let's see, let's be optimistic. The 70% of those who are working in our industry just recognize the fact that they don't know what they don't know and that they can't apply the knowledge that they currently have to the newer situations. They have to grow in that field. And the other thing I think that's a problem out there, and I was going to say this earlier, with all of the different electronic stuff, media, I should say, with uh, some webinars are good and some are not so good. Some people have their own YouTube channel or whatever, and they're spewing out information that may not be correct, right. you know, just to make money. We found out way back to the first auto mechanica that we did. A lot of men and women in our industry doing their best to make a living in the Bay, doing their best to be professional, want to be professional, but they don't have the resources. So it's not that they can't do it or don't want to do it. They right. just don't know where to get the help. Hey, Carm here. Now, when it comes to technical and management training, nothing beats the caliber of classes and expert trainers that Apex puts together for Repair Shop HQ. And that's because a panel of shop owners selects the best training that will drive your business forward. Training is geared toward shop owners, service advisors, and technicians. Technical classes will include ADAS and calibrations, hybrid and electrical vehicle case studies, CAN bus diagnostics, electrical diagnosis, and using current probes to diagnose drivability dilemmas. On the management side, you'll learn marketing strategies that work, employee retention practices, building a culture that employees will embrace, and more. Expert trainers in this year's lineup include Mike Reynolds, John Thornton, Eric Ziegler, Greg Bunch, Bill Haas, and Kim, and Brian Walker. Repair Shop HQ training will take place at Apex November 1st through the 3rd in Las Vegas. To learn more, go to aapexshow.com slash training. Nothing tells a customer that they need a new part faster than when they see a worn or a broken one in their hands. How do you do that in the digital age? Well, it's easy. Thanks to DVX, you can send photos and videos within its messenger platform. It's like nothing else you've seen in an auto repair SMS before. Take the best of an Amazon-like experience and use it in your shop to show customers how great you are. DVX also makes it easy for customers to drop you a quick text or answer in the messenger bubble that arises from the repair order. It's like magic. Customers love seeing what they need to do and giving you a quick answer. You'll see your business potential right in front of you. Your customers get on with their day, and you get back to the repair. Everybody wins. It's time. GetShopware.com. To the owners that are listening here, forget EVs, forget hybrids. It's just, let's go back to the ice engine and the, and the equipment that's missing inside of the shop to do a, a good, effective, quick, let's add training on top of that. 
you can't build a house and the foundation's no good. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I guess the other thing that we talked about before, we always hear the same thing from techs. You know, like, uh, they don't get any support from the shop owner, don't don't get time off, don't get help covering the costs. Um, and and uh, I think that a lot of times we looked at apathy in terms of the, on the technician side, or I thought so for many years, just having watched techs in my own shop uh, not take advantage of, of certain training opportunities that came their way. And then I had an epiphany. It's like, you know what? It's not them. It's the guy in, who runs the business. What's his attitude? What, is he going to create a culture that is required in his business to, to grow and support his technicians in that, in that ability? That's the person that has to set that, that standard that now, you have to create that, that. I would agree with that years ago. Now we have a shortage and mechanics slash technicians are at a level that is needed so badly. Mm-hmm. The the shop owner doesn't want to say, and I know one of my students that ran two repair shops, he used to force his guy to go to training. If you don't take three training events a year, you're going to get a write-up and you're going to not get your raise until you complete them. Well, his people were just like, eh, you know what, I'll just go work somewhere else where I don't have to do it. It's difficult now. The better shops are attracting the better talent. It kind of goes hand in hand. And and if the shop owner does go to training, like, you know, when we do some Napa classes or whatever, whether I'm teaching or not, I go with them. If I'm not working that particular night and there is a World Pack or a Napa class or whatever, I'll go with them. I'll sit right down with them and listen to the instructor the same same thing because you learn something new every day. A few minutes ago, it was a perfect segue to one of my questions for both of you, and that was the feedback that you guys get from the students. One of the reasons that, that I uh, accepted G's invitation to help him in this effort that we're doing now, when I started these presentations, just like we started yesterday, all of us who are doing this, Kenny, Swede, G, myself, have the battle scars. You know, we know what it takes to make a living in this business, and we're fortunate enough now to be on this side of the industry uh, and have a venue that allows us to do what we can to help those still out in the trenches to accomplish, like I said earlier, to, that they want to be better. They just lack the resources. So we can provide those. And you know me, I, I, everything that I've done in the last decade has been trying to provide resources to the men and women in our industry to mm-hmm. help them. Bottom line, help them make a better living for their families. That's it. That's it. You know, make a better living you know, for your families. And I think the proof was in the pudding when we did Auto Mechanica. The first Auto Mechanica where it was free... I said, hey, if you really want to get people in and want to help them, and that was the the message coming from MotorAge and TST, we want to help people. All they had to do was get themselves to Chicago, and it was the right time of year, and a lot of these people, uh, like Pete said, they didn't have the resources because what is the average wage of a technician out there? It's yeah. still pretty low, and I'm talking nationwide. Yeah. To live in my area, if you don't make six digits, you're in trouble. We're doing an awful lot of shows uh, on the podcast about that. Basically, it starts with running a smarter, better, more profitable business. It starts with uh, labor rate issues, culture, family. <laughs> you know, g- go down the list of these top, if you will, dozen or more critical things that a top technician is looking for in a shop. And if you can't, build that environment with a commitment to training and the right tooling, then you just may not be around. In well, the you know, we've, we've, we've said that for years. You know, we've looked at shops who have been 
doing the the bare minimum, doing terrible hammer, customer service, right. hammer torch people. And, and, yeah, and and just for years saying, oh, they're not going to last. But you know what? They're still in business. Yeah. Uh, but here's here's the thing: as as the technologies change, as the, these vehicles become more complex, uh, in my mind, if they don't shift that paradigm, then they are going to start paying the price for it. So is it the consumer who's going to help to shift this paradigm? They take their vehicle to a, <laughs> if you question. will, ham, hammer torch, and it gets really screwed up. Well, you know, here's the, here's the scenario that I, I, and it's unfortunate, and I'll probably catch a lot of flack for this, but I've seen this firsthand. Uh, I talk about it in my classes when we talk about just diagnostics. And one of those resources come up, and every major company has these things. Are these statistical resources, I call them statistical diagnostics. You know, here for this model year, this code, 5,000 vehicles, it was this and, and 2,000, it was this. And so many, and, and they have, we've all seen that list, right? And that's fine for information, but there are too many who, instead of using it for information, use it for a shopping list. And they start with number one and they throw that part at the car. And if it doesn't fix the car, one of two things happen. The customer either comes back or they don't and they go to another shop. And if they do come back, oh, well, uh, this also needs, also needs to be done. Cause, and again, I'll probably catch a lot of flack for this, but nine times out of 10, they're not reimbursing the customer for the mistake on the first time. They're charging them again for a second job or a third job or a fourth job until either the customer gets his car fixed or they get frustrated and they find a shop like G's. And it may have cost the same amount of money, but the inconvenience yeah. or the, the one time in, the one time and out. What's, and what's the impression the consumer's left with? Yeah. And that has hurt us for a long, long time. Yeah. So you uh, think those shops are going to continue to survive? Yes. Oh, yeah. Because there's always a new, new bat. They're always drawing in with those lost leader ads. Here, get your 1999 oil change yeah. or your $39.99 break job or whatever the case then, might yeah, be. Yeah, they're not going away. They're I not mean, going away. Uh, I'm not going to mention the entire time. store name or whatever, but 1995, they still do it. I just mentioned this in uh, the class yesterday. I can't buy the oil for 1995. Right. But they're doing it as a loss leader to using a cheap Chinese filter, the cheapest oil they can get. And a consumer doesn't know the difference. Okay. They're just looking about how much everything costs. Don't go buy an $80,000 car or at least $100,000, you know, AMG Benz and then, oh, I got to put a tire on it. Run flat? You can, can I put something else on? Why is that tire so expensive? This is the usual thing that you hear. I'm fortunate that my customer base, yeah. I'm not, let's make a deal. I just go, you need, this is what you need for your vehicle. If you want it fixed, I'll diagnose it and fix it. But I agree with Pete wholeheartedly. We've seen this for years in the industry. The people who do things wrong and run lousy shops, I mean, we have shop meetings in my because shop. Because there's customers for them. Exactly. Well, again, it's and like the no customers standard. looking for the right place, and they haven't found it yet. You know what I mean? How did, I, um, I wonder how they will ever know. Well, they, some, they end up by, by accident showing up like his place. Yeah. I see. And, like, and then they, if I find out, oh, this is how it's professionally so done. You, it, here's it, the documentation. Here's what we found wrong. Here's the documentation to show you, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, why it's wrong. And here's what we need to do to correct it. And when it's corrected, here's the documentation showing it's been corrected and and, and it's been prepared yeah, let properly. Me, let me show you all the receipts that I got uh, just, that no, no, said it was. the test results. It's the standard. Yeah, yeah. All the supporting yeah, like, documentation. Yeah, but, like you've seen yeah. in my uh, class yesterday. I showed the before and the after, and I always do this. If it looked like this in the beginning, and now it looks like this, you could physically see that problem, right? Yeah, you yeah. could see it. 
And I think showing it, the management systems that are out there, that you can save the data like we do and then email it or text it. And, uh, you know, a lot of customers also go to what I call the Taj Mahal places. Beautiful shops, beautiful building. We have a few around near us. Inside, they have guys that never go to training because the shop owner is trying to save money and they oversell parts and actually cheat the customer. And that is sad that that is still happening in his business. Yeah. Happened to me recently. Yeah. Yeah. Colleen, you've been on before and you told us a great story. Uh, I remember about going to a tire shop. Uh, Pete, we did it at Apex a couple, three years ago. Mm. Well, don't ask about the camping. No, I won't. <laughs> I won't, I won't. <laughs> so, so we're here because, uh, you know, I, I went to my first hybrid EV class with you, G. You were very excited about what Ford did in some of the, the some of the engineering and the safety things. I remember the tire jack issue that it, it's those things. If you've never run across them in a case study, you go to a, a seminar and you hear a been there, done that trainer who's still, you know, working in the field, tell you these little things, who would have thought to look in the frunk or the trunk or wherever it is and to yeah. see, oh, the jack is loose. I and think you I know, know what's wrong. I've done so many hybrids and now EVs because of my New York City contract. All municipalities are forced to buy these type of vehicles. They need fuel-efficient vehicles, so they're always the highest on technology. If I just had to take the cars that came in my shop, I wouldn't know as much as I know. Only because the sheer volume and when people don't own that vehicle that they're driving, well, they're not going to take care of it too good. They're going to do some silly things, aren't they? Yeah. And that winds up in the aftermarket because if I sell my car to him, I took care of it. Pete's going to take pretty good care of it, but now he's going to sell it to the other person. And now this thing is not being taken care of properly. That person who bought it, the third person probably doesn't have enough money to maintain that type of vehicle, a hybrid or an EV. It's not going to be cheap. I tell people, look, if you can get a Hyundai that gets 40 miles a gallon and your Prius is getting 40 miles a gallon, you got a problem. And the shop you're going to, why didn't they tell you or prove to you? Like I take pictures of the screen and it'll say you're getting 40 miles a gallon on a Prius. You should be getting near 60 miles a gallon. Why? Because they didn't do the battery maintenance. They didn't do a lot of stuff. We're talking high voltage battery maintenance. There are problems with that vehicle. And a shop that is not well trained, they may think they are. You know, again, YouTube or listening to some people online, it's really not the way to go. You got to be immersed in it. And I think you said something very key there as well, especially now when you're talking at the EVs and the hybrid vehicles. You can learn the components. You know what I mean? You can learn, this is the inverter, this is what it does. This is a converter, this is what it does. This is a high-voltage battery pack, this is what it does. Just like we did with the gas engines. You know, know how the pistons work, how the carburetor works, how the fuel injectors work. But it's when something goes out of whack from that norm. And it will. That takes that critical thinking. That takes the ability to look at look at the picture and identify what's wrong with the picture. And that comes from the training, and that comes from the experience, just like the kids who fre- come fresh out of trade school into the business. Yeah, they have all the book knowledge. They know how the pieces work. But when one of those pieces decides not to work quite the way it's supposed to, 
That's a different story. That then that takes a whole different way of looking at the world. That's in true. Order to and find that, what that and that's is. That's a two step. That's very good, Pete. Yeah. Two step up here, and hands. Mm-hmm. Of course, we got to transfer the information from our brain to the hands to make that adjustment, that repair. It's not just throwing parts but, out of car years ago. When I got into the business, it was parts changing. And in fact, unfortunately, there were commercials on TV showing that monkeys could do our job. Mm-hmm. That's a total insult. Okay. You got to be very bright nowadays. And I always say, look, I have nothing against people that speak a foreign language, but you need to comprehend what you're reading. And as far as I know, every service manual is in English. I had a guy come in for a job just a few days ago. He could barely speak English. And I asked him, could you use Mitchell or all data? Oh, no, I don't need that. You don't need that. I need that. What percent do you think shops in North America are doing hybrids EVs? Oh, goodness. Depends on what part of the world you're standing in. Okay. You know, West Coast, they, they're, they're, of course, California, big push. Yeah. You know, on EV. So you see quite a bit out there from the shops out there. Uh, we're getting ready to go to AST, uh, E, yeah. rather, and, uh, in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Underwood out there was a, on the panel at ETI. Yeah. About that. And, and, and he hasn't his seen one. Total, total <laughs> opposite viewpoint. Yeah. And where yeah. I'm at down south, uh, in the cities. Yeah. You start to see more of the, uh, like, you know, Teslas and, and things like that showing up. I would think about 60, so 60 something percent. Because well, 60 are doing? Oh, yeah. Why do I think that's high? I can well like, here. Like, here's what you're not calculating. So, like Dorman makes batteries. You remember these guys with no training? Because sometimes I get these problem cars from other shops. They will take a hybrid vehicle and know nothing about the car. They come up. Remember, the scan tool is almost like God nowadays, right? <laughs> it tells you got a code. Yo, it must be right. Got a code. I got to do it. When that happens, they put a battery in it, and when it doesn't work. I mean, we got a couple of guys right down the street from us. We get calls from them. They have no business working on us. They don't know electric really well, never mind working on these cars. They may have a particular base of people that, number one, will look in bargain hunt, as I call them. And they may have people that, you know, like their nationality and go to them because they feel more comfortable. And these guys make unbelievable money by making mistakes on people's cars. Well, because they keep taking, charging them. That's, a, that's just taking that. The, the, what we talked about earlier about that that market that's always done that to just now they're just entering into the electric vehicle market doing the same thing. You know, let's throw parts at it until it either fixes it or the customer doesn't come back again. Now I'll you know? change. The, I'll change that number. <laughs> Who's doing it right? Who's doing it right? <laughs> you probably have about forty percent of the shops, or maybe a little less. Now I've been doing hybrid training for years. I developed the first aftermarket uh, hybrid training in the whole country, okay? And when I did this for another instructor who basically was maybe the first guy doing seminars with it, and I told him, seminars are just my pictures, and he had taken a lot of stuff off the internet. And he was an enthusiast about a particular car, a Honda Insight, which was the first car. People don't learn real well that way. We started doing live classes. One that I used, the part that you missed, and if you go back and look at it, Technician Al. And he happened to be the instructor on that car. He read something in surface information and heard something that if a car was in an accident, an airbag deploy, the high voltage would be cut off. 
But he didn't read the other part that you need to take the interlock switch out and check. Well, the picture I have that I, I was working on a different car with a different crew of guys, technician Al, who was one of my students from New Jersey, he's there taking this high voltage wire off, going to the inverter that the instructor told him to do. Lucky he had the gloves, the glasses, all that stuff. He awked that screwdriver, a piece was missing. Technician Al could have been te dead technician Al. And it was haphazard because this class, I developed the hands-on part of it. But when someone thinks they know something and didn't have the hands, a very good speaker for seminars, but there's a big difference from being a good speaker at a seminar and actually doing hands-on. I've heard in the past that it's the amperage that kills you, not the voltage. Is that true? Amperage is what will flow through your body and kill you. Voltage, according to AMA, American Medical Association, and uh, SAE Society of Automotive Engineers and UL Underwriter Laboratory, 60 volts can stop your heart and kill you. Yeah. I want to say it was, a, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's the AC voltage, the fact that it pulses in both polarities. Right. When that passes through your body, it, it interrupts your body's internal electrical system. Yeah. And that's what can stop your heart. Damn. And my, the picture of my friend, Alberto De La Rosa, right. he fell into a 408 volt panel. He used to be a BOW technician, but he went into construction, got smarter. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> the wall in Queens broke and they had an open panel in the basement. I have a picture of his hand and this guy had probably 7% body fat. We used to run a lot together. Swede knows him. He was in that hospital over a month. He's lucky he's alive. It knocked his ass clear across a basement. There's the respect of this high voltage yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's like going back again to what he was saying. It's like a lot of these shops doing this kind of work. It just reminded me of that old saying that a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. Ah, <laughs> and they're taking these batteries out. This is no lie. He just hit the nail on the head to trigger it in my head. I, they have no gloves. They're taking the battery out. They're not following any safety precautions. They pull the, the safety into lockup and you got to hand it to these manufacturers. They've made these things stupid safe. Okay, where these guys will pull this interlock out. Even John Anello had one time. He called up, and on a Chevy Volt, if you pull that interlock out and you didn't follow the right procedure, the vehicle will not start again unless you know certain information. And John had called me up, and I helped him get that car going. And it was the shop owner who did that. RTFI. That's, That's it. it. Read that freaking information. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to end. Thank you so much, G Trulia, TST, uh, trainer here at Dorman. I mean, you're everywhere. Uh, thanks for all you do for the industry. Thank you, Colin. P. Meyer, yeah. Endeavor, Motor Age. Uh, so glad we bumped into each other. Yeah, yes. I, I got the whole Again. idea for this episode, Pete. We were driving for dinner last night and you were just, uh, just going away. It was uh, great stuff. I got to give some props here to the G Man before we close out here. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but, uh, the Dorman training program yeah. that, that is pretty much his sweat and tears to build, uh, was recognized as one of the best training programs in the industry by, uh, by the group. The group. Actually, we showed the so. plaque yesterday. The first time I got to see it, a friend of mine, Tom Rake, was the guy who made me aware of it. He said, you beat us out. I'm like, beat out with what? He goes, your training program won the best. Wow. Yeah. So pretty cool. Congrats, yeah. man. Thank you. Well, it's good. Hey. And it's good to work. Man. You know, it's good to work with people like Pete and, and Kenny and Swede. You know, a good group of people where I was teaching down in Florida with the O'Reilly people. And he said they use a couple of different vendors for training. And they said, we get the most compliments on the training 
from you guys. And I said, you know why? Because we really do it. We're not presenters. That's a big difference. A presenter is someone who can take anything and, you know, present it to people. We work on it and present it. And we care. And we care. And I know you're going to Florida soon. I did an episode with Jason Stretch with his oh. <laughs> fast where, where they're, they're just getting together as a bunch of uh, shop owners and saying, Hey, I'll pay for this. I'll pay for this. And they're bringing their people in. And this whole regional private type training seems to be catching some fire. And, and uh, they mentioned that Dorman was coming down. I imagine you're going. Yes. Myself and Ken, um, Pete was going to be there. Would have been right down the road from him, yeah. but um, not this time. We'll be back again. Pete had something. Pete does a good thing to help children yeah. that are abused and stuff. And, uh, and we want to do an episode donate. with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, go check Pete's channel out there on his YouTube channel. Donate, help a kid. Real important. What's the, uh, how do we get to you, Pete? Um, probably the easiest place to find us either online at uh, bikers-care.org or on Facebook under the same name. Uh, we do have a fundraiser that's going on right now uh, that's going to benefit kids in uh, uh, area domestic violence shelters for Christmas. And uh, to just vote in Google. We'll pop right up. Cool. Thanks. Hey, guys. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate the chance. And thank you, Tracy. September 15th. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.